Uh, okay. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, we are on episode 152, and we thought we'd talk a little bit about winter setups. Uh, I mean, it, it seems appropriate. Funny enough, just before we came on, we were talking about the, uh, the snow and the forecasting snow. Uh, and kind of just the fact that it started snowing like the, you know, start of January and it really hasn't stopped here in Nova Scotia for any significant amount of time. So there's all kinds of snow. Um, and honestly, depending on your setup, and hopefully we talk about some of those tonight, that can actually help you out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I kind of wanted to get out of it is I know it's it's sexy. It's cool to talk about like the hot tent and the stove, mm. but not everyone has that. It's not not realistic for everyone if you're only getting out once or twice a year maybe that's not your thing but that doesn't mean you can't get out winter camping a lot of people kind of think it's beyond their capability and it's 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 not you don't need that much to do it so steve saying well, hi from the dominican and all i can say is i'm still jealous I heard it's quite warm at his house today. That's that's the rumor I have. I mean, when we were all over there checking things out, it was nice. So just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, he's buying I, a new hot tub after we broke his. <laughs> I, I mean, we agreed on this before, Steve. If we get your stuff, we get to split it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what happens when you show up to one of our gatherings. Y'all unnecessarily and unknowingly potentially sign away everything you owned. Ben and I. But. <laughs> anyway, 27 degrees. Oh, man. It really. I was just telling Ben this morning it was minus 25. Money, uh, minus 25 Celsius. I can't do the math really quick in my head, but it, it, it's cold anyway for our Fahrenheit brethren. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of dirty up here. But anyway, we digress a little bit. Yeah, uh, hot tents are great. Uh, I personally don't have one. I want one. Don't get me wrong. Um, but when I do go out doing a little bit of winter camping, I don't. I don't want to say I don't have the luxury of a hot tent because they are a luxury. They're also kind of nice. But it's not necessarily a luxury either. You can also go about this as a whole other way of going out. Um, Hot tenting was something relatively new to me uh, when you and I started uh, chatting, like way back when we first started this. It was, I had seen it, I'd heard of it, all that good stuff. I'd just never done a lot of it myself. I, I To this day, I think I've only stayed in a hot tent twice, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Um, and it was never mine, you know what I mean? I was just kind of along for the ride, and I was, I was the tourist, if you will. But uh, yeah, just, I guess the big thing is, hot tenting can be relatively pricey. By the time you get a stove or make a stove or get a tent or make a tent, whatever the case may be, uh, unless you walk out and you're like me and you just happen to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and never buy one, you don't have to spend the money. <laughs> <laughs> but there are lots of ways you can go out and still enjoy uh, camping in the winter. You just have to have a, a decent setup and there's some things you can look for when you're setting up and some stuff you can do when you set up. That's going to make your stay out there a little bit more enjoyable. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this tonight. And I think you're very similar along those lines, Ben. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, everyday Joe winter camping. Because I think it's something anyone can do with a little preparation and a little thought. Um, and so there's, there's a few key things that we want to hit to do that. And uh, I guess... Where do we want to start with this? I think maybe above and beyond everything else, to me, shelter is one of the huge parts. 
I, I'm, I'm good with going with Shelter. Uh, the only thing I want to say before we go into all of it, because I, I won't talk about it a whole lot, my number yeah. one tip for going out in the winter, uh, kind of one and two or one and a half, whatever you want to call it, is try and go with somebody. Don't go out by yourself. It's just that extra set of hands gives you a little bit more time because your daylight is minimal. Uh, and it's that extra layer of security. And if you have the potential or the possibility, go with somebody that's done it before so you can learn from what they've already done. Because chances are they've, uh, if they've done it at least a couple times, they have they know what works, what doesn't work. It just, once again, where you are going to be going out, potentially really cold weather, like right now outside, it's actually fairly warm. But once again, back to the minus 25. At minus 25 at night, um, your, your margin of air shrinks quite a bit than if it was the middle of summer. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my two cents is if you can grab a buddy, something like that, go on out in that way. Uh, it, even if it's just like stalking the fire, there's two of doing it. Somebody will remember. Um, and there's, you know, just a little bit more cushion for air. That's all I really want to say about it. You're not going to throw it through that. If you can get a chubbier partner, it really kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you get a larger partner, I mean, uh, you ever see Star Wars? That's all I'm saying. Like, they survived a cold night. <laughs> Everyone is there, so I want someone that's really skinny. You don't know. You can't win camping, you don't. In the you winter, want you want somebody that's big and fluffy. And I mean, yeah, potentially you have to be all right with cuddly. So. <laughs> But no, realistically, in all honesty, if you go out with somebody else and you're sleeping in the same tent, that's that much more heat um, inside the tent that you're staying in because you're taking out more space, you're generating your own heat. It's a little easier. I mean, as minuscule as it might be, it's still a little easier to stay warmer with some of that space being taken up by something that's generating its own heat as well. You know what I mean? Like, it, it does help. Trust me from mm -hmm. a guy that's gone out uh, the first time winter camping on his own, screwed it up very bad. <laughs> and then went out with a friend and had a way better experience. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely helps. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's definitely stages that you need to consider, different things, because it's not one thing that makes the trip better. It's, it's, it's getting all those things lined up so it works. And the reason I kind of want to start with shelter is if you can keep the wind off of you, the wind steals heat so bad. I mean, everyone hears the word wind chill. They know what it means. Um, if you can get a sheltered area where the air stays still, heating that air up and, and keep making that area comfortable, it makes a huge difference. And it's really easy to tell. Like when you get in the leeward side or if you get into the brush, let alone like just out of a field, the temperature change that you feel is immense. So you need to be able to stop the wind from stealing what heat you can make. Uh, that alone is going to make a huge difference on your trip. Whether you're doing a lean-to or an actual full shelter, get that wind, stop that wind. That's going to make a huge difference. And the cheap, quick ideas there, good tarp, just a decent tarp. doesn't have to be expensive tarp. You need a tarp that's going to block the wind that's large enough to create a good blockage. And not just the one direction. Try to stop it from three, if not four directions. You know what I mean? Mm. No, I completely agree with you. Um, my follow-up, once again, doesn't have to be uh, an expensive tarp, like Ben said. But it has to be a fairly durable tarp, especially if there's snow predictable you're out. It has to take a little bit of weight. Those ultralight tarps, great, as long as they're durable along with it. 
Uh, and what I'm thinking here is you can get those Mylar tarps, and I've seen them occasionally, and people will grab them and just use that as their, their tarp. You know what I mean? Well, it's Mylar. It's going to reflect the heat. Yes, but it has very little durability to it. They, they rip easy. Uh, <laughs> so just make sure it's going to be durable enough to potentially hold a little bit of snow uh ice rain sleet whatever happens to be coming down if you're out and another thing to try and roll that off your it's kind of a double-edged sword if you got one that's sturdy enough getting that on top of you a little bit is going to add a little bit of thermal insulation but you have to balance that with too much you're going to weaken the structure of whatever you're in and it could potentially collapse on you so depending on how much snow you're expecting coupled with the winds um you can either have a shallower pitch or a steep uh What's the opposite of shallow here, Ben? What am I looking for? Deep. Deeper pitch. There we go. And it's... Steep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had a brain fart. But, <laughs> <I like that. laughs> um, but yeah, there, there's other factors, I guess, is where I'm going with this to keep into mind along with your shelter. Like I said, uh, a little pre-planning. Check your weather. Um, know how long you're going out for. And like I said, balance out between what you're taking with what's going to be coming down on you or blowing into you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I want to sort of add to that a little bit. Yeah, so a good tarp. Uh, if you don't have a super durable tarp, adding extra structure. So it doesn't take much. A few branches, build a, a physical structure and use the tarp over the top of that just to stop leakage. That helps. In a time when you got a ton of snow, if you have that structure, so what is it? couple of uh thin poles logs whatever you want to call it laid out to hold it up and then lay a few against it and put your tarp over the top of that and then you can throw moss if if the ground bows or just snow itself snow is an awesome shelter builder mm, an awesome in. insulator as long as you can keep it from directly touching your skin yeah it it provides an insulation it's going to stop the wind it's going to absorb any moisture that does hit it. So even if it does rain or change, that'll absorb quite a bit before it leaks through to you. Mm -hmm. And if you got that tarp underneath it, even when it does, it's going to go out. Um, and use that to block the wind from off a lot of your sides. If you have deep snow, dig down, take the snow you dig down and build around your area. When wind does come, it's going to get, go over top of you. Nope, right. good points. And and we're kind of talking about it, so I'll mention it. One of my favorite shelters for being out in the snow uh, is a super shelter. And they're really easy to make. Uh, they don't take a lot of anything to make. I mean, you can use a, uh, a drum liner, I think is what they're called. Big garbage bag, anyway. Mm. Uh, as long, I, clear is all I've ever tried. And honestly, I have try, usually use uh, construction plastic. I just happen to have abundance of that. You take a roll, you cut a piece. Definitely YouTube Super Shelter or uh, Google Super Shelter. Maybe we'll make a video in the future of how to make uh, a Super Shelter. But anyway, that's one of my favorite go-tos without having a hot tent because relatively easy to build, relatively inexpensive, and it stays warm. Uh, I think I've talked about this in the past. We've tested this. It was minus 20-something outside, and we had it, like, plus 18 inside with not a whole lot of work. And with two people, you usually just take shifts is what we, you know, what was yeah. our thing. You sleep for four hours, the other person sleeps for four hours. And, I mean, if you want more after that, you can go two and two, or whatever the case may be, or you can set up, like, there's different options. You get options there. Uh, using 
basically just the materials around you. And then, of yeah. course, you can get into whatever else you want. Like Ben said, there's lean-tos, there's wiki-ups, there's TP setups, uh, whatever you want. These can all be out there, but the more intricate you get, the more supplies you're going to need readily available around you, as well as more time you're going to need to set it up. That's why I default to the super shelter. You can slap one up in like an hour, providing you get the materials there. Uh, if you got to search for materials, of course, allow more time. It's something that I've always been surprised how much heat it provides is a couple of candles. Yeah. Once again, like you said, Ben, if you can get that wind off you and a little bit of thermal insulation around you, it doesn't take a lot of heat to keep you warm. Hopefully no. you're out there, you're dressed appropriate for the weather. You're just trying to keep the chill off. You know what I mean? If you can get it around zero, you can sleep comfortably, providing you are set for the weather. Uh, and if you're more set for the weather, you can get it colder and colder and colder and colder again. But I mean, zero is the happy mark where I try to hit. So, exactly. If you can keep the wind off you, if you can keep the chill out of it, then, I mean, we're not necessarily talking about, like, T-shirt and a, and a thin sh sheet to keep yourself warm at night. But an okay sleeping bag and a bit of thermal clothing, and you're going to sleep like a baby if you have, have that set up. So, take some time to figure out your shelter because not everyone's going out. And in a thin nylon tarp or a tent, I mean... The wind is still going to pull heat out of that. But if mm -hmm. you can keep the wind off of that, if you can build the structure up. So one of these, you know, natural shelters or a decent tarp shelter with a bit of stuff piled onto it uh, to, to create that insulation layer, the ability to heat that gets a lot better. Uh, you do still want some ventilation, don't, especially if you're lighting candles or lanterns mm -hmm. or small, small fire in or near it. You want to make sure that that can escape and that there's a, ability for fresh air but you just don't want a high rate of return you want to be able to have a chance for that air to stay warm and move through and it it makes a huge difference and it's a lot more comfortable you can sit there with your buddy then and talk the wind's not on you not just freezing it's going to be better um i agree with you a partner uh a buddy girlfriend good dog <laughs> oh no, honestly that will work you know what i mean it's it's more heat yeah, it it create heat and it's something to pass the time, uh, someone to talk to, and if anyone laughs, I mean, I've had some of the best conversation in my life with, with my dog. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, what what are we saying? Shelter. I think it's it's almost number one. Number two in that shelter is getting yourself insulated from the ground. Mm -hmm. So. If, you build the greatest shelter in the world, but then you have a cold ground or a piece of ice underneath you, and you're sitting on that ice, you're never going to feel warm. So, what options do we have there? Well, great. Boughs, oh, sorry, go for it. I, I was going to suggest some boughs work really good. Um, cheap foam mat from, from Walmart, Canadian Tire, anything like that. Just, you know, the thicker, the better. You don't, we're not talking a thin like yoga mat. We're looking for half inch to a full inch thickness. Uh, air mattresses, whether they're insulated or not, create a cushion. What were you going to say? You had a few things. I think. So something that immediately pops to mind for me that works really well for the winter, uh, and I've used it, and I know you've probably used it too, Ben, the uh, windshield reflectors from the dollar store. Yes. The ones with the little bit of foam and the mylar on either side. You'd be surprised at how much they'll reflect out and reflect in. One of those coupled with an air mattress. And uh, 
th those work really well. The air mattress, it does create some cushion. Um, unless you can get a little bit more between you and the air mattress, sometimes it can still get you a little chilled. It's better than sleeping on the ground. Don't misunderstand. Right. But it's still trapping cold air and putting it right beside you. So if you can get something to kind of break that cold effect, that works even better. Uh, you said bows. My only add-on to that would be if you're throwing bows down, it's not as simple as just throwing bows down if you plan on sleeping on them. If you're sitting on them, that's one thing. But if you're sleeping on them, take the time to take the pointy end of the sticks and tuck them down in and kind of weave them. You will thank yourself in the morning or the first time you roll over and take one where you don't want it to be taken and i'll leave that up to your imagination because that can be anywhere <laughs> because that's pretty much what happens first time i made a bow bed i just threw him down crawled in on it with a wool blanket and i was poked senseless all night uh that's how i found out if you take the time you weave the sticks down way better sleep way better sleep uh there's a few tricks there too um not taking the bigger branch but mm. just the smaller ends and, and getting a fall but it takes a fair bit of work work to build a proper bow bed uh a lot of people don't realize how many trees worth of bow uh, if you're talking like a six like a christmas tree size tree uh someone might say you can get one out of three or four uh i think it's at least three or four to make a decent one uh, well that's the thing a lot of people short themselves with the thickness yeah. They throw down a skiff or, you know, like an inch or two of bows. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's insulation. No, no, you're you're looking for like six inches of thickness. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you really got to get yourself away from that, that snow and that cold ground. That will steal so much heat from you. Yeah. And keep in mind, too, that bows are full of sap. And so if you're taking your good sleeping bag and throwing right on bows, when you wake up, your sleeping bag is not going to be the same as when you went to bed. And you're going to really regret that. So... A cheap tarp or piece of sheet or something that you can put mm. down to protect your your gear is, is a really good. I've oftentimes went to dollar store and picked up. They have these thin blue painter's tarps, uh, drop cloths. Work perfectly fine. I mean, you got a waterproof side, a material side. I use it to keep just the ground from soaking up, keeps moisture and stuff locked away. And it really helps. Take a couple of those. Put one on top, one on bottom if you want, or just one on top if that's all you have. Makes a world of difference. Protects your gear, makes you more comfortable. Um, we talked the air mattress, those reflectics, whether it's the windshield ones or whatnot, that makes a huge difference. Uh, I've seen people do combinations thereof. Uh, I've seen someone do, uh, it was like a wool blanket with that reflectance inside. Mm-hmm. Just sewn on both sides and they fold those up that's a sit pad it's a sleeping pad put their air mattress on that or put the air mattress down and that on top i'm not sure what works better i've heard arguments for both but when you have those kind of layer systems you're protecting your gear and you're you're going to be so much more comfortable uh so red bear from the comments just while we're on there uh has never had a good sleep on bows rather pack a camp cot or an air mattress uh, and one tiger says a cool little packable camp cot. And, you know, I don't disagree with you there, Red Bear. I've never really slept great on bows, but I've slept a lot worse on straight on the ground. Uh, so it is better than nothing. Uh, and But I agree. You know what I mean? I, I'm, uh, I'm somewhere around a glamper. When it comes to what I like to lay on, like I like fluffy, I like nicety, I enjoy getting a good night's sleep. 
It's one of the reasons that I started looking at hammock camping a little bit more. Now that I'm getting older and fatter, I may have to go back to sleeping on the ground because my joints hurt a little bit. But um, I'm with you. That's my luxury item is I always try to take something that's going to give me a good night's sleep. I'm a firm believer if you don't have a good night's sleep, you don't got a great trip. And then food and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But I really like having a good night's sleep and being comfortable and sleeping through the night and not having to wake up and pick, you know, the pointy end of a stick out of my back or a rock out of my butt or something like that. You know what I mean? So I feel you. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to look the cotton camp hat up. I didn't find it. Um, yeah, I have actually managed to get a few good night's sleep, but it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to get a good night's sleep on a, on a bow bed. And honestly, it's one of the reasons I ended up taking up hammock camping was because I got tired of those lumpy grounds, uneven grounds, trying to fill in spots. Uh, but it's an option. Uh, and if you don't have a lot of time time and money, well, you need the time. If you don't have the money, it's, it's, it's an option for sure. Um, the other thing, because I mentioned it, hammocks. Um, and some of the methods we just mentioned work really good in hammocks. Uh, the the uh, Reflectix worked really good. Second sleeping bag hung underneath or a proper underquilt worked really good. But use the same methods we talked earlier. You really want to stop that wind. In the winter, the tarp that just covers you to protect you from rain in the summer is no good. You need an oversized tarp, something that goes right to the ground and closes on the ends. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, typing a comment over there. Red Bear, uh, I go camping to get a good night's sleep. If I wanted to get kicked and poked all night, I'd just stay home with the kids and family. And you know what? Uh, yeah, I I tend to go out in the woods, too, to get away and have a little private time and a decent night's sleep. Not that, you know, I have any problems with my family. It's just everybody likes a little alone time. Uh, or in my case, I like a little woods time. And trust me, my wife will attest to that, that I need and appreciate a little bit of woods time. And my youngest daughter now, Lily, funny enough, little story, uh, her and her mother were into an argument over something. It was something, it wasn't important anyway. <laughs> Lily was getting a little cross, and she was getting frustrated with her mother, and just out of the blue, she was like, I want to go to the woods, because <laughs> that's something that I'll say after a certain amount of time. And you know what? I was kind of half shocked, half proud all at the same time, so. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I understand the feeling. In fact, uh. I'm pretty sure I'm getting kicked out in the woods really soon. <laughs> I'm not far off. I'm not far off. There's been a way too much home life. You, you need to go. <laughs> I was about to say, don't just think that I need a break from them. They need the break from me, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, I think they kind of realize that we need it. And they, they kind of, at some point, they say, like, you need to go. <laughs> Get out. Here's your stuff. <laughs> Stay away at least three days. I've heard that. <laughs> I don't know what anyone else is saying, but you need to go live there. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely, there's some tips and tricks with bows. It's something I suggest you you give a little try. Um, maybe someday you're out camping in the summer and you don't have all the pressure on. Just try making a bow bed. That's how I failed my first one and learned what to do when I needed to. Uh, and you'll learn a lot of stuff like that. Same as try different, like spring and fall camping, good time to test how winter camping is going to go. If you want to know, like if your air mattress is going to work good. When it's cool, good time to test it. That way you don't freeze. 
you might get a chill, but you're not going to die from hypothermia. You know what I mean? And you can play with some stuff there. And that's the joy about the spring and fall. Uh, and something you said a little while ago, Ben, that I've just noticed my note on is you said to keep, uh, you throw a tarp down to keep some of your stuff dry as well as your, yeah. uh, under your bed and stuff like that, which is a, a good point. That's something else I want to bring up when you're winter camping. Not only do you need something for under you and your bed and stuff like that, you need a decent tarp to throw down for in your campsite. Uh, cause you need somewhere where you can take your boots off. You can get some of your clothes off if they're wet and stuff like that. Get into some warmer, dry clothes before you crawl into bed and having a nice dry work site. Uh, it, you just basically need one when you're out winter camping. I mean, you might be able to get away without it, but it, it's not going to be a good time. It is so much better just to throw in that like literally $4 dollar store tarp. If that's what you can get, that is great. Uh, if you got something else, go for it. And when I say dollar store tarp, because sometimes the dollar stores don't always have the drop cloths that Ben's talking about. My, my location here in Glasgow, it's hit miss if they have them. But literally, like those just plastic tarps, that's still, it, it'll keep you dry. Might make some noise, but hopefully you're not up tap, tap dancing on it all night. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it does make a difference. You can generally get a, a decent um, tarp for, for only a few dollars. Uh, and if tarp doesn't work, go into any hardware store and look for a drop cloth. Uh, usually you can get the ones with the plastic backing, but honestly, even if you don't, um, you can treat it with a little bit of uh, like the linseed oil wax. Just make it somewhat waterproof and it's going to do you a ton of good. And a decent drop cloth. I mean, you're talking like a fair bit of material. You can build your shelter out of it. You can build your, your ground protection from it. You, you can get a lot of out of a a bag there and you're not talking a fortune here and it's reusable so if you get two or three trips out of it i think you've got your money's worth easier and scott just made a good point here too he said he used an 8x10 blue tarp folded it up so the sleeping bag pad was uh fully on top of it but then still also had a two foot sticking out for operational space and i mean that's that's a good point um you can use the same tarp to do both things like don't think you need two different tarps uh, and that'll save you a little space in bulk as well. But having that operational space, as he said, yeah. it, it's it's invaluable, honestly. It, it's the exact same reason when I tend to get a tent, I always go for a tent that's one person more than I plan on putting on it or two persons more than I plan on putting in it. Because that extra person, that's my backpack. That's where I'm going to put my shoes, my, my, my jacket when I take it off. That's where I'm going to pile some stuff. And it's possibly where I set up maybe a small cook area if I'm cooking within in the cook shelter. Uh, so that, that extra space is important um, for me. Yeah, and I think most people that go out and have a little experience with uh, being out there, they would all agree. And that's where a lot of people new to bushcrafting and especially winter camping, I don't want to say fall short, but kind of come up short, if you know what I mean. Uh, they don't allow enough space to work um winter camping is not the same as summer camping obviously i mean holy department of redundancy but um you do need a little additional space because you are going to be carrying probably more gear on you uh you're going to be wearing thicker pants you're going to be wearing you know hopefully long johns a good big set of winter boots you might have your snowshoes which you can leave outside don't get me wrong but you need a little bit of space to put this stuff uh and keep it around your campsite especially if it's snowy and blowy you don't want to start just laying stuff down outside your sleeping area because if it blows in hard 
you could potentially lose whatever it was that just got buried in the snow. I've lost an axe, still haven't found it to this day, like a little hatchet. Wasn't yeah. important at the time, but I left it outside. It just snowed. I thought I knew exactly where it was. Gone. I have never seen that sucker again. Uh, yeah. Um, and the thing to keep in mind, like right now, like you said, this morning it was minus 20s in this area. Minus 20 for me, minus 25 for you. But when I was there a couple hours ago, it was one and two degrees. Yeah, I think that's what it is now. It's like one degree outside or something. Yeah. So that's a 20-something degree difference. Now, in the summer, if you had that, you're going from 10 degrees to 30 degrees. I mean, in both cases, you can pretty well be out there in a T-shirt. You know, uh, one, you're sweating, and the other, you're chilly, but in neither one are you dying. Uh, but in the winter, that's what's comfortable at minus 20 is you're sweating to death. Like, you're, you're literally struggling at zero. And if you sweat, we've talked before, you, now you got a lot more trouble because your clothes are damp. It's really going to be hard to warm up, and it's going to take the effort to dry it. If you're dressed for the one-degree weather, then you're going to be awfully cold at minus 20, especially if you got a breeze. So that extra gear is, is so much more important in the winter to be able to adjust to that. Um, so... Uh, we've covered now, I just want to keep track of this for anyone who's listening. We've covered, you need shelter, uh, and it can be as little as a tarp or a natural lean-to or a Quincy hut. Um, and anyone who's ever made a complete snow one will know that it's almost self-eating. Mm-hmm. A couple of people in a, in a snow shelter and uh, it doesn't take long and it's it's almost room temperature or at least the chill was very easily broken in a full snow yeah. shelter. Um, and something that uh, Red Bear here said, best part of winter camping, using the sled to haul extra gear. And that was going to be something I mentioned later on, but prime time to mention it is if you are going to do a little bit of winter camping, get yourself a good sled. You can attest to this, Ben. You have yourself a great sled. Costco, and I'm loving it. Uh, came with a cover. I've modified it so I can pull it with, uh, I have, I took one of the big old snow scoop shovels and i think there's a video uh, we have there on it a bit mm-hmm. um, you did a review of it so anybody that wants to look at it look at it link bushcraft's youtube page you'll see the review ben did of it i took it out a little while ago just to play with it again and man with that stiff handle that steel handle i'm able to go up and down hills without it pushing and running into me which mm-hmm. honestly that's a whole and yeah you can carry that extra gear and when you're at this sled you get back there you need to go collect wood it's so much easier to move you need more wood, but it's easier because you have the sled and you fill your sled and you bring it back, you dip it out, and you go back and you fill your sled. You're not carrying it in arm loads like you would in the summer. I mean, I can carry almost a whole night's wood from like an open fire. And if we, you're talking like something that's more controlled, I can easily carry a night's wood uh, in, in my sled. Uh, but open fire, like a big good fire, probably one or two trips, I'm good for a night. Yeah, and seeing we are chatting about that, let's move right into fire. Fire is very important when you're out there uh, doing winter camping. It's going to keep you dry, it's going to keep you warm, it's going to cook your food. Same reasons it's always important any other time, but now you're even emphasizing um, the warmth factor off it. And the reality is you can get gear that's going to be good down to minus 30 and you don't need a fire, but the cost of that stuff, oh my goodness, the cost of that is outrageous. Uh, but it is out there, and if that's your thing, by all means, go out. If you can spend the money, uh, go for it and enjoy it. I can't. I, I'm not. <laughs> I, 
I'm too broke for that, in all honesty. Um, but so fire becomes even more important to me. Now, in the winter, the way I make my fire does change a little bit. Oh, yeah. uh, during the summer, it's the classic fire pit. You know what I mean? You get some rocks, you fire uh, a circle into it, you make your fire inside, and you know, you're good for roasting weenies, having a few cocktails over it, and chatting with your buddies. Everything's good. During the winter, I tend to go with a lower, longer fire, especially if I'm going to be sleeping beside it or using it to uh, heat my super shelter or something like that, because specifically if I'm laying beside it, I want my fire about as long as I am, because it's going to be my primary source of heat. Um, now, if I am laying next to it, that also brings into if I use like my uh, Teton or Tenton or however the hell you pronounce that over there, sleeping bag, one spark, that sucker is just going to turn into a match and just poof. You know what I mean? So now you got to think more about protecting some of your stuff as well if you're going to be sleeping next to an exposed fire. Wool is good for that. Uh, generally, yeah. it'll... Sorry? I was going to say the same thing, so... Just yeah. Wool is uh, really good for that. It'll smolder. Uh, you still don't want it to actually be into open flames. Like, don't get me wrong. Everything has a burning point. It's just how hot you have to get it. Um, wool works good with that. Iron skin works good with that, uh, or iron cloth, whatever you want to call it. If you can get some cotton, you do like the mineral spirit and linseed oil and let it dry. Uh, there's a few other things. Just look it up. It's called iron cloth. That works great. Uh, j just something that's going to protect those super flammable materials from taking a spark. And yeah. just something to keep in the back of your mind. Um, a couple things I want to throw out there with fire is... What you put underneath your fire becomes infinitely more important in the winter. Because if you're setting up near in the snow, your fire is going to sink to the ground level pretty quick. So when you start off, if you have a nice fire, you're sitting on, some, on a pretty solid level of snow. Next thing you know, your fire is two feet down below you. And I, I've seen, I don't know if you, you know, I think anyone who's tried to get a good fire in nice thick woods in, the, in deep snow, uh, what you need to do is get a few logs, put them crossways, and build your fire on top of that. Yes, eventually it's going to burn that down. It still might sink some, but that raft that you're building is going to keep it from sinking as much or as quickly. Uh, and it's pretty important. If you can scrape a lot of that snow out and get down to ground level, again, since you, you want to protect the moisture, because a lot of times that ground is wet and frozen. As the fire starts, it's going to melt that. The water's going to come up and it's going to kill your fire. So that raft is still important in the in the winter, where in the summer you can find maybe a good mineral soil, light the fire on top of it. You don't have to worry about fire burning into the ground and being a permanent damage. In the winter, you have a different series. You want to protect the fire from the ground, from the snow, and and keep that in mind. And as Red Bear just said out of the comments there, that is kind of one of the advantages of a hot tent. Uh, especially if it's like one of the bigger canvas ones or fancier ones, you can put a floor down, you can build the whole thing inside and you're going to have, you're going to sink a little bit in the snow, but it's going to be very little going down. It is a much more serious thing to keep on mind. If you're out there freelancing it, like we're talking about here tonight, uh, if it's fluffier snow or just anything, as long as it's not really crusty snow, I like to try and dig down a little bit. It gives me that shelter around me. The downside to this, which I can already hear some people saying is the lower you go or, or sorry, cold air sinks. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to offset that with your fire and your sleeping setup. If you do do like a snow shelter, which we talked about a little earlier, the way you're supposed to do it is you make like your snow cave and a sleeping shelf, which keeps you from the lowest part of the the cave. Now, works good in theory. 
And if you have a ton of snow, works real good in practicality. If you don't, the problem with that is uh, you got to make such a big snow cave to do that kind of step up. You really have to watch your your thinning of your outside shell and things like that. And I think I've talked about it in the past where me and a buddy of mine went out, tried this, and it collapsed on us. And that was quite the interesting night. Yeah. Um, we do struggle here more than other places I've been where we can get you. I've been in places with a ton of snow. It makes it a lot easier. Here, you're, you might be scraping snow up from a much larger area to build that kind of shelter. Um, but there are some tricks. There definitely are some tricks. And one of the ones that I found is to build something to structure your your shelter with and then pack that over. Mm-hmm. So rather than trying to build up a big snow hill and dig it out, build it up over something. So just grab some nice thin boughs. Alder works really good. Something you can build like a, a semi-shelter out of anyways. Throw us a... a, a tarp or something over and then pack the snow on that so you already have it built up and then you can build your little platform inside of it it, it protects it from that collapsing and because you don't have the thickness and the material that you want it so it's a it's a combination you're still going to use the snow to help your shelter but it's going to be supported with something uh there's a, quite a few ways to do that take your time figure it out uh and work with what's available if i tell you one method here you go into the woods and your woods is totally different or that the sizes you want isn't available, you're going to struggle with that. So, uh, once someone said you build your shelter from whatever material is most plentiful, most readily available. Exactly. Something I like to do when I go out in the woods, uh, summer, winter, doesn't matter if I'm building a natural shelter, look for something I can work off of a blowdown, which already sets up like a basic, lean to for you great to work with or better yet if it flips up and you get that kind of back area where it's uh the snow won't gather in and stuff as much as long as it's dry not a bad place to set up either the problem with that is a lot of times that's also where moisture tends to collect but the odd time you get that unicorn where it's dry and it gives you almost this perfect little covering over and then you just kind of got to finish sealing it off on one side and it leaves you almost a basic perfect little cave and uh beautiful setup like that it's just like i said it's challenging to find the right conditions for that but it's always worth keeping an eye out and checking especially if you're just out for a hike or something like that you really don't have a hundred percent plan where you're going to set up you're just looking around keep an eye open for natural things that's going to make your life easier when you're out there spend less calories because you are cold calories are going to keep you warm they're going to be important um or if it's just easier to set a fire up in that area because you're already down to the dirt or closer to the dirt or something like that you know what i mean why make life harder for yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, all that being said, you know, blowdowns are great. Natural rocks formations are really good. Uh, one of my favorite shelters I ever had, we had two big rocks with flat faces facing each other and a small gap in between that was big enough for four or five people. It didn't take much to throw a couple of logs over the top of that. We didn't at that time. We didn't need to. We just laid a tarp up against it. But, man... When the wind came through, we are already felt protected. We just needed to keep the, anything from falling on top of us. And we made a great shelter with very little materials. So just size up your environment. It usually doesn't take much to find something that's a lot better than nothing. And then a little bit of work makes it a lot better than, than almost everything. So Fish 85 saying they haven't had a lot of snow in northern Michigan. Um, usually two to three feet. This winter haven't had enough during the snowmobile. <laughs> We're kind of the opposite. 
Nova Scotia is a wild card. We generally get weird and wacky weather, uh, but we never really get a whole ton of snow. Now, this year, it's just basically started snowing and hasn't really stopped. And, I mean, we're still kind of belly aching a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I've been to, like, Nudavit, Yellowknife, stuff like that, and seen way more snow. But for us, I, I think it's worth a slight complaint. I haven't seen snow like this in a few years. I haven't seen what you guys got. What we got down here is not incredible. Uh, but then again, I grew up in a place where six feet of snow is not considered unusual inside of a few weeks. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I, I understand there's places like that out here. I mean, on my front line, it's up over my waist in a lot of spots. Yeah, um, pretty good. So, I mean, like the, that's abnormal for here. Usually if I get knee-deep snow, we've had a bit of snow this year. But now we're talking like two, uh, two times that, maybe better. Uh, and I do realize also province has been hit weird this year halifax uh got less than we did and it's just anyway it's all over the board but right here right now uh like i said there was there's patches out there where it's way steep like i tried to pull the bike out to use the plow and it just disappeared so i just suck it right back in and uh that's probably where it is until spring now yeah. Yeah, every, everything has its limitations so shelter uh fire we've talked a bit about uh, protect yourself from the ground. Uh, I guess the next thing I, w I think we really need to talk, we've talked about clothing and stuff in previous episodes. Uh, I think we've killed that for a while. Uh, but a good sleeping bag. Uh, everything else being said, a good sleeping system, maybe is a better word for it, uh, can't be overemphasized in this particular case. And again, doesn't have to be a fortune. Uh, it can be a Walmart sleeping bag or multiple sleeping bags if you don't i was have just gonna money. say stacking sleeping bags works rather well yeah uh yeah two or three summer sleeping bags equals one winter sleeping bag uh and if that's all you have and you want to get out and figure out is it worth buying a better sleeping bag uh and there's plenty of other options out there if you are going to buy one and buying the thousand dollar to three thousand dollar sleeping bag there are a couple hundred dollar sleeping bags that are going to do an awesome job We've done episodes on that, too, so you can look back for those. Uh, we did the one comparing the one Tigris uh, Defender to your Tenton. Uh, what's the model? Uh, Altos. Altos. Zero Fahrenheit. And we said, I think mine, yeah, mine's minus 15 Celsius. Ballpark, same thing. We found them very good, very comparable when we sized them up. Uh, honestly, even packability wasn't a huge difference slightly better i think on my side but not a ton weight yours compacted tighter yeah. mine i think ended up being like two grams lighter <laughs> that's it yeah like they were they were dollar for dollar weight pound for pound comparable enough that we said you know synthetic down they got some whatever advantage. your preference is there's your two great options yeah and there like, are other, oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say there are other couple companies they do it definitely worth looking at agus max is one that i've been seeing a ton of i haven't tried them but they look great um and their price ranges go all over the place but they have some awesome uh, options out there that I think are much more affordable than some other companies i was gonna say red bear beat me to it snug pack soft elite one of the Excuse me, one of the best sleeping bags he's ever used and not a bad price. Uh, that's, like, a, once again, there's some great options out there. Even if you want to go in, like, I've the Coleman Zero Degrees, Zero Fahrenheit, they have one of theirs. Uh, it's a little heavy, but if you have a sled, 
not a big problem. And they're super durable. They're almost canvas on the outside. And once again, if you don't want to go that route, take your summer sleeping bag, find out what you need to do to bring it up to like winter standards. You can go and get a sleeping bag liner. You can get those fleece liners and they say they add like 10 degrees. Get an outer shell for it. Buy, go to the thrift shop or, um, value village or something like that and just get a second sleeping bag and wrap around it this is all going to add thermal value into it adds bulk understandably but offset that with your sled it really isn't that big a deal um also keep an eye out for your your flea markets your uh army surpluses things like that you can oftentimes get um old military sleeping bags you see them oftentimes in value village thrift shops stuff like that those things were all rated pretty good i think a full setup like the two liners or the inner outer and the liner uh military sleeping system was rated for something like minus 40 and fish made a, a great thing here that i was going to mention and kind of slipped my mind but he's bringing it back up remember when buying a sleeping bag check the sizes some of the mummy bags don't fit fat guys without completely trapping yourself after zipping yourself in um so my altos that is one of the problems i kind of have once a minute i'm snugly in it um and honestly, it was between that and another Teton that I was looking at. The other Teton was, I think, thirty more dollars, and it only added three inches wider and maybe two inches longer. And I'm like, ah, oh, what does two inches matter? In this case, two inches matters a whole lot. Uh, keeping this safe for work, it is two inches really can mean the difference between having enough room to like move your arms around freely. And kind of being pinned, uh, like with mine, I can sleep in it comfortably. I've gotten used to it. Uh, I, I guess it didn't really take much use, but my arms kind of stay directly to my sides and they lay on my legs. If you are one of those people that like to move your arms around, you're constantly shifting. Little extra room is going to go a long way for your comfort. Yeah, and a properly sized sleeping bag heats you better. Uh, it's too small. You actually, it does compress the, the insulation a little bit more. You're uncomfortable too big you have a lot of dead space that that you have to heat up and can cool down so you do want to find one that fits well what i'm trying to say here don't buy a two-person sleep bag thinking oh i'm going to be so much better no no you got to fill all that dead space i'm I'm just reading the comments here fish saying he's 6'1 280 pounds red bear saying he's 5'11 220 pounds i'm thinking i remember when i was that size <laughs> i've been all those sizes i've been all those sizes and i can remember last time i was 220 pounds i was 12 last time i was 280 pounds i think i was 20 so <laughs> i've been all those sizes in the last five years buddy <laughs> not the that, literally the last time i remember yeah i was 12 years old i was about 220 pounds i think I, I had just gone into middle school, so if that's 12 or 13, right around there is when I crossed the 200-pound mark, and I just kept going up. Uh, anybody wondering, I'm like five foot ten, and I'm 300 pounds plus. So, I, like, I'm a bigger guy, you know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, I totally get the whole sh needing the extra room. Uh, but the thing is, for me, that sleeping bag still worked out all right, because when I go to sleep, I don't move much. So all i got to do is get myself comfortable once, and once I'm asleep, I'm good until I wake up. But there are a lot of people out there. They like to shift their arms and stuff like that. And that is a real concern for comfort. Find something you're going to be comfortable in. I I have the Tenton Trailblazer, I think it's called. Uh, nice sleeping bag. I like it. I do enjoy it. When I bought it, I was about 6'1", 300 pounds. Uh, and honestly, I couldn't zip it up. 
but that was okay. I bought it because it basically is a top quilt in a, in a hammock. Mm -hmm. And I used it that way quite a bit. Again, good sleep bag, enjoyed it a lot, still use it in the summer. Now I can zip it up, you know, so it, it makes a huge difference. Um, thing to keep in mind, the under the parts of the sleeping bag that are under, underneath you aren't doing a lot of good for you. So a lot of people have gone to a to total quilt system. And what that means is you need a good sleeping pad and a good blanket to go over top of you. And it can cover you. It can be closed. They call it like a box. And that can go up to basically your knees because your mm -hmm. legs aren't your lower legs aren't creating enough downward force to kill a lot of the insulation. And then that, that pad that goes underneath you needs to go from at least your knees to at least the top of your shoulders. Because that's what most of your body weight is going to be putting on. So some people with really efficient systems, that's all it is. It's a, it's a quilt with a box to get their feet and stuff in. Because your feet can get really cold. makes a huge difference. Your feet are cold, you're cold. And, uh, you know... Good hat, decent pillow system, and you can you can be sleeping really well. And that is uh, one last thing I was going to throw on there too. A good pillow when you're out sleeping in the winter, uh, and if you have the luxury, draft tubes make a big difference in your sleeping bag when you are out in the winter too. And all draft tubes are is in certain areas where you would have like around your neck and stuff like that. They put a little extra material so that it seals closer to your body and it can't let cold air go in. Once again, where I don't move, I can make my own draft tubes pretty easy. I just snug it up, and when I go sleep, I'm done. But the uh, most people, they shift around a little when they sleep. That becomes a real issue if you move and you get that big space and some cold air can get down in there. It can give you the chills pretty bad, you know what I mean? Would it make you freeze to death? Probably not, but it's, once again, you're back to a comfort thing. Um, but uh, I do like the layer system, so do keep that in mind. Um, you are probably better off with... Two or three cheaper sleeping bags than one big expensive sleeping bag in the winter. Because that, that layer system means when it's really cold, you put all of them on. And when it's more mild, maybe you take one off, you zip it, you, you only have a covering part of your body, and you can change that. Because, again, you don't want to be sweating at night. Uh, wool, wool blankets are a really good thing. And down blankets, if you can get them. Uh, are a really good thing. Uh, a lot of people are chasing. They got really expensive and almost difficult to find now. The black diamond ones from Costco were really popular. And if you look at those, those used to go for under a hundred bucks. If you Amazon oh, yeah. those, like, you better not have a weak heart. <laughs> I think I was buying them for thirty something bucks. I really That's what do. I mean. I they think... were so, so cheap, and yeah. then they got so not cheap. Yeah. You know what? Actually, here, just hold on. Out of curiosity, just while we're finishing up here. Um, you find them? <laughs> I'm just trying to type around a cord here. Uh, that's a double black diamond. Uh, they're a down throw is what they were considered, were they not? Yeah. Let's see. I, I yeah. can't even find the official double black diamond ones. There's a couple knockoffs. Uh, all in around the hundred dollar mark, but I don't know if I'd trust those as much. But yeah, like I don't, I don't even see the official double black diamond on here anymore. Yeah, they were at one point relatively cheap, and I bought them at Costco. I think I got them on clearance. Like when they first started coming out, you'd hear about them, you go in the store, they'd be there for a few weeks, and I just happened to luck out one day. They had like 
a bunch of extra ones in a bin and we just grabbed five or six and threw in a bin. I've made under quilts out of them. I, I use them as, as add-ons to my winter setup because it's lightweight. It's not much bigger than maybe two fists compressed. Uh, and they were a good size was yeah. the problem. A lot of these ones I'm seeing here, they're not that big. They were about four by six, if I remember correctly, about four foot wide, maybe not quite, and almost six foot long. Like... Yeah, so I found one, but it just says currently unavailable. Wow. But if anybody was, uh, anybody there watching, this is, is going to bring it up. Yeah, that's that's kind of what they looked like. And if you can find one, you definitely get yourself a unicorn on one there. You're looking at Amazon or just in general? Just Amazon. I searched it in general. Uh, it's just not a lot came up. But anyway, yeah. So definitely, you know. Oh, it's been discontinued. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So those are just some tips and tricks. Um, to get out there. Have a little fun. You don't have to spend a lot of money. But, you know. There are things you can do to make you a lot more comfortable out there, especially if you don't have uh, a hot tent or a hot tent setup, or if you don't know if you want to spend the money on a hot tent setup. Now, Red Bear was saying he got his off Amazon. It was fairly inexpensive, both pieces, but still, even the inexpensive ones, uh, and he might have got a better deal, don't get me wrong. The cheapest hot tent that i seen on there that I would trust was still about like $120, $130, which is cheap for a hot tent, and a good stove, you're still looking at 100 bucks. Now, if you want to go upwards, you can get into $1,000 hot tents and $1,000 stoves, so it's really as far into it as you want to go. Uh, and like I said, maybe that's your thing, and I got nothing against it. It's actually super enjoyable uh, and generally less work than trying to build yourself a shelter while you're out there, but the point is you can still get out there, you can build a shelter, you can use the stuff around you, and you can still have a comfortable night's sleep. It takes a little bit more work, a little bit more thought, a little bit more prep, but it can be done, and it can be very enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that fish. Fish, uh, i seen there's a thing that goes around your camping area that is a few feet tall, blocks the wind, and is made out of a mylar backing. It looks like it rolls up uh, in a fairly small, nice smaller size. I haven't seen that myself, but, I mean, it, once again, you're back to that. If you can block the wind off you, the block in the wind's going to block a lot of the cold, and then if you get a fire in the middle of that, that's going to reflect the heat back at you. Um... I guess just on the tail end of this, because I know somebody's going to be wondering, and we have talked about this before, reflector walls. Reflector walls don't necessarily reflect heat. Debated topic. My thing is, it can't really reflect heat. It'll absorb heat, but what it'll do is it'll stop the wind from blowing on that side. Uh, it cuts the wind down. It has to focus the heat in one direction. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's, that's my thoughts on those. I like a good reflector wall. If nothing else, I use it to dry some wood. Uh, I'll cycle some of the sticks, you know what I mean? And uh, it'll draw my wood and work as a reflector wall as I go. But the big thing for me on a reflector wall is it's another way of cutting the wind. So if you got your three sides around you and then your front and your fire, if you can go out a little ways and then block that fourth side, I mean, you're going to be snug as a bug, right? What I've done is take two lean-tos, face them towards each other, leave them about three to four feet apart at the at the points you put your fire in there instead of a reflector wall you have your other guy and then close your ends in if you have to leave one open so you can get in and out just angle it so that it's not a straight in and out so if the wind ever comes from that angle it's it hits it sort of hits the other ends of your your lean-tos 
close mm. your ends in so you have a closed space but that open area is where your smoke and stuff goes up in and if you set it up right it j- that opening just extracts all the smoke really well and it reflects heat comes off the fire in both directions that area is kind of trapped and that whole area warms up really well it works really good and it means the difference if there's two people one guy doesn't have to climb over someone to get an out when he needs to yeah Yeah, nah. I've seen if I could find an alternative to those double black diamonds, but that's a research project for another day. That's tomorrow's Robert's problem. <laughs> I, I did find a thing here from New York where they talked about it. At one point, those things sold for as little as 16 bucks. Oh, man. If I could have found them at $16, I probably would have bought 15 of them. No word of a lie. Uh, this is a... Yeah, let's see if I can send it to you. But... Uh... Yeah, so I think we covered most of the stuff that I wanted to talk about here tonight. Did we we cover everything that you were hoping to cover here tonight? We are coming up on our one-hour mark, so. Yeah, I think we got it pretty good. Uh, I mean, we could obviously talk about this for hours. Just a ton of options out there. Uh, the big thing is look at your environment. What works for you? What what do you have? What do you have available to you? And use that. Um, and keep these these simple things in mind. Keep the wind off of you. Uh, choose an appropriate fire for the location. Um, get some insulation underneath you. I mean, there's tons of options. Just figure out what works for you, and it's going to get a lot more comfortable. And you would be surprised at how comfortable you can be by just taking the time to consider these factors. I couldn't agree more. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't really have anything I can add to that, so... Uh, did you send me that link there, Ben? I sent you a couple links, yeah. I didn't have Facebook up, so obviously it's not going to be easy to see them. No, no. Oh, okay. I don't have my phone in here, unfortunately. I'll look at them when I'm done. If that's all right, good sir. Anyways, thanks for everyone who came and listened to us and everyone who shared on our comments. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys next week. In the meantime, try to get out there, have some fun, enjoy yourselves, and, uh, be careful. And as always, if you do get out there and have some fun, be sure to shoot us a picture or give us a story. We love hearing from you folks as well. Have a good night, everybody. Head off.